Gospel according to St. Matthew from the fourth chapter. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. When I hear this story of Jesus recruiting followers at the start of his public ministry, I'm reminded of the creation stories back in Genesis, which introduce a God who has acted in this way from the very beginning. Instead of going it alone and controlling everything as God creates, we meet a God in Genesis 1 and 2 who chooses to share power with imperfect people and then link the fulfillment of God's mission in the world with their successes and failures. It's really quite remarkable. God has the power to get things done without any help from human beings, but in the Genesis stories, God makes us co-creators and even gives us dominion over life that we can either hurt or bless with our actions and our words. It's a tremendous risk given our human nature, but it is a risk that God is willing to take in order to fully engage us in something that really matters, something of ultimate importance in our life here on earth. And as I see it, that's the same thing that Jesus is doing in our gospel story today. When the time comes for him to launch his public ministry, and fulfill his purpose and his mission here among us, Jesus, too, resists the temptation to go it alone. Instead, 
He walks through his village and he recruits followers who will share his mission in ways that will go beyond his control. Instead of using his God-given power in a unilateral way, Jesus, too, chooses to share, to share power with imperfect people. And then, like God has done from the beginning, link his mission in the world to their successes and their failures. Martin Luther observed that this is something very unique. If I were God, Luther says, I would just take the devil by the nose and say, let my people go. But Jesus does the same thing that God did in the beginning. He starts by bringing people into the process to share the work of shining light into darkness and creating a kingdom of justice and peace for all. Follow me, he says. And they somehow know that this is a holy calling which they can't refuse. When I remember that Jesus was fully human, I see another reason why he would have wanted companionship in the fiercely challenging work that was ahead of him. Matthew reminds us that John the Baptist has already been arrested for announcing the kingdom of God in the same way that Jesus was about to do. And that's the kind of news that could have sent him back to the safety of his own home. But instead, as Matthew says, Jesus left Nazareth and went straight to the region ruled by the king who had just thrown John into prison. Instead of running away, Jesus went to the place of greatest risk, perhaps of greatest darkness. And he made his home there in a town filled with people who were different from him. Matthew reminds us that that place where Jesus settled was also known as Galilee of the Gentiles. And that is where Jesus inaugurated his mission. It was dangerous, it was demanding, but it was a mission of ultimate importance for people who were living in darkness. So it's no wonder that Jesus wanted other people with him to share this holy work. And what was true in Capernaum in the first century is still true in our time. It's not a matter of God being unable to usher in the kingdom without us. It's a matter of God choosing still to do it in us and through us as unpredictable and as uncontrollable as that may be for God. The men Jesus called in our story today failed probably as often as they succeeded in the task given to them. But it didn't stop Jesus from calling them time and time again. And I don't see that pattern changing in our time. So I'm curious of what you are experiencing in your life right now. I know that these last few months have led many people to consider their calling in new and sometimes challenging ways. People who have sat and watched the messy world of politics as spectators have realized that they need to get off the couch and get involved, maybe, 
to get involved in ways that connect their faith with things that matter deeply to them, that are influenced by the world of politics. People who have lived in complacency have started more and more, I think, to wrestle with the hard questions of how to make changes that actually reflect their deeper commitment to the common good. People who have remained silent while others suffer have come to realize that silence is often the same thing as the violence that is being experienced by others. And they've started to ask how they might be able to find the courage to speak out and what they might say when they do. People who have selfishly guarded their money have felt moved in these last months more and more to find ways to share it, to give it away to causes that they support, but they're looking for guidance, and they're looking for wisdom in that. People who have lived in a bubble that includes very few persons of other religions, races, ways of thinking, worldviews, social classes, have realized that they need to break out of that small world and get to know other people and other points of view in order to appreciate and understand this complex, diverse world that we inhabit. Here in the Pacific Northwest, I know that most of those who hear any kind of call to action like this don't connect it with God. But we have a gospel story in front of us today which says this is exactly how God challenges us, stirs us up, and engages us. When Jesus calls us to repent, he truly does call us to change the way we think and change the way we act. And when he calls us to follow, he truly does call us to leave our old life behind in order to follow him into the light. So for us as Christians, the key is to put all this into the context of our relationship with Jesus and to connect any urge that we might have to get involved or to do something to make a difference with what we know about Jesus, what God has revealed to us about God's desire and God's dream for this world in and through him. In other words, if we feel compelled to become more politically engaged, then we can wrestle with that in the context of Jesus' own political engagement and then seek to follow that example in the best way that we can. If we feel called to speak out, we can examine throughout the Gospels the way that Jesus did this, with courage and conviction and the kinds of words he used, and then we can try and model our own speech after his. If we feel called to give money to causes that matter, we can start by looking at the things that Jesus seems most committed to, most engaged in, and then we can direct our resources as best we can in the same way. And if we want to break out of our bubble, we can look 
at the ways that Jesus broke through the social, the relational barriers of his time. And then pray for the courage and the strength and the grace to do the same. That's what following means. It means seeking to pattern our life, our whole life, after his in every respect. Coming full circle, it's important to remember that none of us will do this perfectly. Peter and Andrew and James and John weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But that didn't stop Jesus from sharing power with every one of them and linking the success of his mission to their own successes and failures. It's as remarkable today as it was in the Garden of Eden on the shores of Galilee. God has the power to get things done without the help of you and me, but we are still called by God to be co-creators of a kingdom coming where love and reconciliation and justice and peace reach all levels of life and of creation. It's a tremendous risk that God still takes, given our human nature. But it is a risk that God is still willing to take, I believe, in order to fully engage me and you in something of ultimate importance in our lives here on earth as God's people. And for that undeserved honor and privilege, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.